www.healthcmi.com Acupuncture Continuing Education Online Today Acupuncture alleviates pain and restores mobility to patients with scapulohumeral periarthritis that is pain and range of motion disorders of the shoulder. This condition involves shoulder inflammation affecting the muscles, tendons, and bursa. So right in the shoulder joint, a lot of problems moving that arm, pain, inability to move the arm sometimes. In severe cases, there may be frozen shoulder, adhesive capsulitis. You can take a look at the full article. Simply go to healthcmi.com and click on news and you'll see in our news department the article entitled Acupuncture Shoulder Pain and Mobility Relief. This was published July 21st, 2021. So affiliated hospital of Hunan University researchers tested two acupuncture protocols. So one, they used just local points, points right at the shoulder and they're classic points. But then they tested another protocol. They added three extra points distally on the hand area to those local points. So again, group A, just points, three points on the shoulder. Group B, three points on the shoulder, plus another three points by the hand. And what happened was, is they increased the efficacy rate by adding those distal points. So they achieved a 91.7% total effective rate in this clinical trial. They had a total of 72 patients with this shoulder dysfunction and pain. They were randomly divided into two groups, and that's how the two groups were made. Now, classic points were used. Uh, the local group uh, received their treatment in a seated position. That's very normal. Again, for seated treatments, acupuncturists tend to make sure you're relaxed and uh, you've slept well, you're rested, otherwise they'll have you relax lying face up or face down. Then they applied large intestine 15, Jian Yu, MUE 48, Jian Chan, and small intestine 9, Jian Zhen. And they're favorites amongst acupuncturists. I like to use these points myself. They're they're very good. I also add a couple other goodies typically. I think most people do. I like uh, large intestine 10 on the arm. I like triple burner 14. There's a few others that we could add. But again, this is a very basic point prescription. No surprises, large intestine 15, John Chan, small intestine 9. John Chan is an extra acupuncture point, meaning it's not considered part of the main channel points. And it's located on the anterior aspect of the shoulder, midway between the anterior axillary crease and large intestine 15. This complements small intestine 9, which is on the posterior aspect of the shoulder, one soon superior to the posterior axillary crease. The needles were inserted perpendicularly with a mild reinforcing attenuating method, and after obtaining a dutchy sensation, moxa was connected to the end of the needle, so the warm needle technique, and they remained for 30 minutes. Now, the distal point group had three extra points. So they had large intestine three, Sun Zhan, small intestine three, Ho Shi, and triple burner five, Zheng Zhu. I'm sorry, triple burner three, Zheng Zhu. Triple burner five, no. The distal points also received mild reinforcing attenuating method stimulation. And for both groups, treatment was administered daily for two weeks with a one day break at the end of the first week. So that's a lot of acupuncture, by the way. A lot of times in the United States, for example, 
it's very common to see someone between one and three times a week for acute pain or subacute flare-ups of chronic pain. Here, they're just knocking out six treatments in a row, one day break, and then they do another week. So the chances for success for something like this are extremely high with this concentrated care. What's interesting here is the choice of points. A common distal point used for pain control is large intestine 4 Hegu, but they didn't use that. Here they used large intestine 3. Now, according to Jinglo you know, theory, Chinese medicine channel theory, this point is a shoestream and whip point that is indicated for the treatment of wind heat, inflammation of the throat and teeth, abdominal fullness, and diarrhea. And according to distal point principles, this point is also indicated for the treatment of neck stiffness along with customary local indications such as hand inflammation and difficulty with flexion and extension of the fingers. One ancient text, the Ode of Shi Hung, notes that large intestine 3 with bladder 23, which is a back point, are applicable for the treatment of shoulder and back pain leading to qi and blood deficiency. So in other words, when that pain exhausts you, there is a special combination. They also use small intestine 3. This is a favorite of acupuncturists on the hand. It's a shoestream wood and confluent point of the governing vessel, the dumai. So great for spine stuff, great for spinal pain. It's common, uh, it's a common distal point used for the treatment of arm, finger, elbow, neck, shoulder, and back pain. This point is also useful, useful for the treatment of headaches and it clears wind heat, meaning kind of common cold or flu, maybe with sore throat kind of idea, calms the spirit chin, in other words, very soothing, very calming, and benefits the sensory organs. So it's also used for patients with malaria. So you get that fever and chill alternating. It's great for that. Small intestine three is located on the ulnar border of the hand in the depression proximal to the head of the fifth metacarpal, metacarpal bone. Now, triple burner three, oft forgotten, it's a shoestream and wood point also. So they're all shoestream wood points. Located on the dorsum of the hand, triple burner three is in the depression proximal to the fourth and fifth metacarpal phalangeal joints. So it's near the fingers, but on the hand, on the back of the hand. Note that all three distal points used in the investigation are shoestream points, which are indicated for heaviness, sensations, and painfulness of the joints. In triple burner three, also known as SJ3 or Sanja3, clears heat, benefits the ears, Clears the eyes, benefits the head, and stops pain. Indications for use include finger, elbow, upper arm, and shoulder dysfunction, inflammation, and pain. It's also used for tinnitus, headaches, dizziness, febrile diseases, itching, redness of the eyes, and painful throat obstruction. Observation parameters were based on the constant Murley score, the CMS, which is used to assess the shoulder. It's a 100-point scale. So 15 points uh, for pain, 20 points for activities of daily living, you know, being able to do stuff. You know, life isn't good unless you can brush your hair or, or take your shirt on and off, right? I mean, it's, it makes things very difficult. So that's kind of activities of daily living kind of idea. Overall strength, 25 points, shoulder range of motion, 40 points. And then they add that up. So greater numerical designations indicate greater function prior to treatment. The scores for the distal plus local group and the local only group were 54 and 55 respectively. So very close before, you know, they kind of check the randomness, make sure both groups that have been randomized are equivalent before they get treatment. And afterwards, they changed to 89 and 81 respectively. So 
the scores were better for the group that received the local and distal. I don't think a big surprise there. So they, they had four tiers of effectiveness that they measured, fully recovered, which is shoulder pain eliminated, mobility completely restored, significantly effective pain markedly relieved, mobility improved, effective pain relieved, mobility slightly improved, and then ineffective pain persisted, symptoms unchanged or aggravated. So it's, it's four basic tiers, one of just fantastic total recovery, Next tier down, pretty darn good. Next tier down, eh, but I feel better, right? I mean, this is the uh, vernacular. So among the 36 cases in the local plus distal group, 13 cases fully recovered within two weeks. 15 were significantly effective, five were effective, and three were ineffective. Among the 36 cases in the distal only group, seven cases fully recovered, 13 significantly effective, 11 effective, and five ineffective. And the total efficacy rates for both groups were 91.7 and 86.1%. Respectively, both groups benefit from acupuncture therapy, but the group receiving both local and distal acupoints had greater outcomes. Again, you can go to healthcmi.com, click on news, and you can take a look at the results and the listing of the points and, and even more information. So what's interesting here is not the total effective rate because total effective rate is everything from people who got a little bit better all the way to fully recovered. When I look at the fully recovered rate, that's when you really see those numbers jump where people had the distal plus the local, many more cases fully recovered. And I think that's the the most interesting part to me personally is how many people within two weeks really completed the treatment course. Now, that is not to say that they don't need to go easy for the next two, three weeks afterwards, especially if let's say they're a farmer, a painter, something um, using a lot of shoulder activity in a repetitive motion situation. Maybe take a little more breaks if you're a computer operator, accountant, bookkeeper, because we wanna maintain those results the acupuncture is going to bring the inflammation down, get the healing of the tissue in there. But again, we do need to maintain the results. So while they had a complete recovery, it's also important to allow that healing to set in. Uh, another point is to maintain that sometimes, especially when uh, lifestyle is taxing on the shoulder, they may need a monthly follow-up just once a month, maybe for two, three, four, five months to lock it in and hold it so it lasts for years and years and years. I recently saw a patient came in and he is a farmer and he had terrible shoulder pain, especially when rotating in certain positions, right? So he could find positions that were comfortable. Not everyone can do that. So he was lucky that way that there were certain positions that were comfortable. However, you know, the slight movements at night, he couldn't, couldn't even get a good night's sleep very common for shoulder pain, especially if you roll onto the shoulder naturally. So I gave him something very similar to this, a few distal points, a few local points. I added the Shosenli, uh, the, the large intestine 10 point afterwards and had him rotate move through range of motion. And I did both sides bilaterally doing that. So that large intestine 10 point, which was not done in this particular study is, can be somewhat miraculous for shoulder pain highly recommended, especially when an acupuncturist needles that, usually a 1.5 sun needle, 
uh, and then the, the patient is moving the arm while the acupuncturist is doing uh, a ping bu ping xie or some type of mild attenuating and tonifying technique on the needle while the patient is moving the shoulder. Large intestine 10 can be somewhat miraculous. But again, that was after doing points like triple burner 15, large uh, triple burner 14, large intestine 15, things like that. And I even ran uh, electroacupuncture through the shoulder. So all the way from small intestine nine, all the way to the front. So I definitely did work like that first with, and I used electroacupuncture. They used warm needle moxibustion here in this particular instance. Then after all of that, sometimes patients are a little more achy. It's like a big workout. Then I did the pain relief part by doing the points on large intestine 10 and a couple local points just to dial it in. And I even did the Ming Qingzhu scalp acupuncture shoulder points which are highly specialized uh, treatments for shoulder. And I added that and really gave him just everything he needed. He had driven uh, five and a half hours just to get this treatment. I thought, wow, I, I really got to pack a lot in here to get this done. And he stayed overnight and was able to come back and get a second follow-up, although he was feeling well. I knew he needed that second one to maintain those results. So sometimes uh, when a patient is young enough, he's only about 55 years old, so he's pretty young by comparison to some folks. And, and in that sense, he was also physically active and relatively fit, so he was easier. Now, where someone's going to have a problem recovering is if they have chronic depression, which is a little hard on the immune system and responses, and it does create a lot of inflammation. A lot of the pro-inflammatory factors in the bloodstream are much higher in patients with depression. And also diabetes, that's very difficult. Those patients will not respond magically typically. They won't have that quick acupuncture response that we're looking for in many cases. They take a little longer. That's just the nature of diabetes. It's, it's a challenge. So not everyone is going to respond so wonderfully in a couple of visits. Now what's nice about the study we just covered is they did a little warm needle acupuncture locally, right, with the moxibustion, then they did the distal points. But they were able to do six treatments in a row, day break, and another round for a whole week. So twice over. You know, if you can do six treatments and a break and another six treatments, chances are patients are going to be feeling a whole lot better. And I will say, if they don't feel a whole lot better, after 12 acupuncture visits within two weeks, I want to see an MRI. Or I want to see at least an x-ray, but certainly... An MRI is in, the, is in the offing right there because they should have some response. And even if it's adhesive capsulitis, there should be more motion. So they may need to have some work done by an orthopedic surgeon if there's just no motion in the shoulder whatsoever and they just cannot move it after that much acupuncture. Probably good for a referral at that point. Uh, and what they'll do is they'll basically knock a patient out with general anesthesia and rotate the shoulder through its range of motion and break up the tissue. Think of it like super cobwebs on the shoulder joint. Uh, so that's what an orthopedic surgeon can do uh, when a patient is anesthetized and unconscious. They can, can break up all that tissue. The acupuncture can break down minor tissue problems, but sometimes it will lock up to such a degree that that type of procedure is called for. It's not typical. Most people don't get that far, but sometimes this is the type of thing we need to go for. And of course, this is a very general term. They're using the term scapulohumeral periarthritis. It's really um, 
It's kind of a turn of the century thing. I think it was like 1896 when the first doctor kind of coined that term. But they basically mean pain and range of motion disorder of the shoulder. So a lot of inflammation, a lot of difficulty moving the arm, things like that. And acupuncture, for well over a thousand, maybe two thousand years, has well documented for the treatment of this condition and should be tried before you know doing anything like cutting on it with surgery. Certainly, uh, because you don't want to damage the tissue, get in there, and if you don't have to. So it's it's really something that's important to try. Other types of things people take medications for it. They'll do steroid injections, things like that, which um, relatively harmless for most people. I mean, obviously there are issues with that as well, but those can also be helpful for some patients. Uh, the acupuncture can also help with the healing of the tissue. Sometimes we combine that with those other usual care, uh, what some people call Western medicine uh, treatment protocols. So hopefully uh, you enjoyed today's presentation and thank you for listening www.healthcmi.com.